Schaefer. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul Schaefer. I'm Will Lee. And you You're are watching, watching the Letterman, Letterman Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again to the Letterman Podcast. My name is Mike Chisholm. Uh, before we get going with this episode, we want to remind you we have one sponsor and one sponsor only on this show, and that is Rupert G's Hello Deli. Yes, Rupert G uh, and May are uh, selling the deli right now. They're ending their 30-plus year run as owners of oh, one of the most famous soup and sandwich shops uh, New York has to offer. Uh, you can buy Letterman merchandise there still, though. Late Show with David Letterman merchandise. Uh, go to hello-deli.com. And Rupert packs these orders himself. You can buy a, a T-shirt. You can buy a Late Show mug. You can buy a hat. You can buy Rupert merchandise. And I would recommend doing it sooner than later because we don't know what's going to happen and how things are going to work, how things are going to settle uh, when the when the sale happens. But uh, we will keep you posted as to what's going on there. So go to hello-deli.com and get yourself some Letterman or Rupert G. Hello Deli merchandise. This is a fun episode. We are doing um, our, we're calling it the summer intern series, which is probably going to go into the fall and maybe even beyond. I got a whole list of interns that uh, former interns of either late night with David Letterman or late show with David Letterman uh, that want to come on and talk about their experience. Uh, it's really, really fun doing this and, and, and kind of, um, you know, putting together a puzzle of the different memories uh, that 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 folks have and all the pieces are different it's very cool i'm enjoying it immensely uh today's episode is one i enjoyed very much that is very evident so uh legendary writer steve o'donnell uh i who uh, a gentleman i absolutely adore um and uh you know every once in a while we have a phone conversation and it's a lot of fun and 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 um on one of our most recent ones uh he said hey i've got some interns that uh you know i, I do an in, i do an imitation of steve in the show actually which which is which is uh, something i enjoy doing because he's got a very distinct voice very gravelly uh yet excited um voice uh, very present and and uh i don't know slightly intense not intense that's not the right word energetic anyway it doesn't matter steve said to me that he had a couple of interns that were um in his circle still and uh, this is one of them. This episode is one of them. The gal's name is Molly Sweet. I believe it was the summer of 91 that she interned. Uh, when she and I had an intro phone call, we just absolutely hit it off. We've had so much fun. This episode is going to be a, very much a reflection of that statement. Uh, she is great. I really, really appreciate Molly. Um, after her run at Letterman, she went over and, and, and gone to the hotel business. And now she's in the nonprofit sector. And she's putting on some pretty major things and, and doing in, in charge of some major events uh, in the Northeast, in the Pittsburgh area. I just really, really enjoyed talking to Molly. The delight that she had uh, for that summer as a 19-year-old kid working in 30 Rock uh, for, for Late Night with David Letterman, it was one that she clearly has never forgotten. And, and, and uh, she goes back to that place pretty easily. She and I have an absolute ball doing this together. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it translates. I hope the uh, the joy that we had and the laughter and all of that, I hope it's infectious and this makes your day a little bit brighter. Uh, this is the Letterman Podcast with Mike Chisholm featuring Molly Sweet. By the way, Molly Sweet, not a stage name. We checked into it. We looked in. No, it's her Christian name. Pretty crazy. Okay, so here's the thing. Whenever Steve O'Donnell tells me something, I listen. And one of the things that he told me, he said, Mike, you have to meet this Molly. She oh, is what an impersonation. Me, oh, I love Steve. I love Steve and I do love him. <laughs> I do love impersonating. Like I do. I love this oh, guy. Daddy. Um, <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Mike, you must meet Molly. She is vivacious and hilarious, and she loves to talk and she's good at it. And I think you two will have a great conversation. And and but he said funnier things than that. Uh, that he, that you know better vocabulary. And and I got to get better oh, at it. But, he has very big words. Yeah. Um, I I'm so grateful to do this. You and You're I right. have it's had so, so nice much fun getting to know each other. Molly Sweet, real name, not a stage name, uh, but Molly Sweet. Welcome to the Letterman Podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am very, very flattered to be here. This is amazing. What a fun time. To, and it's been, I would like to thank you in advance for the wonderful trip down memory lane I've had over the past two days yeah. down there with my, in the cobwebs and my college crates looking for pulling up the relics. I was psyched. I was like, I, I it was jogging in the memory. I could remember all the stories. It was great. So it's been a really fun time uh, re-experiencing this. Yeah. It's uh well, it's great for, it's great for us too. And, and, uh, it's cool because this this intern thing has kind of turned into it's turned into a summer series. I'm releasing uh, bonus episodes. I've wanted to find a way, a theme to release some extra content to do more than just one a week. And having all of these interns uh, come on and tell the stories. I had a longtime staff member say to me, hey, Mike, you got to talk to the interns. They have all the good stories. But the cool thing is, is we've had a few on already. And I've had a, a few longtime staffers message me back saying, oh, I'm so glad to hear what happened, a guy came on uh, the show a few weeks ago named Andy Carson. Andy Carson was Paul Schaefer's uh, uh, intern um, just before the, the 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 turnover. So it was like 90, 91 in that area. And, and I was over 91, so I vaguely remember. Okay, so Jill Bayer, Andy Carson were there at the same time. I know you were there just like before or after. you guys Summertime, like, so they were probably there during the semester. There you go. But anyway, yeah, so people are like, I'm so grateful to hear what's happening with Andy. He's been on Good Day Oregon for 20 years and knowing that he's still stayed in broadcast. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's so fun, right? Like, even I moved around a lot at, in high school and yeah. um, everyone's like, oh, social media, it sucks. I'm like, I know, unless you went to three high schools, <laughs> you know, like, I I mean, I, I would have never been able to know what happened to anybody. I mean, it's been like, you know, there's good good and bad in everything, right? Everything in moderation, especially in moderation. Uh, especially moderation. Yeah. Um, could not agree more. I, I, I'm so grateful that I get to unleash you to the world, uh, in, in our world anyway, because, um, you get, you, you're just so electric and, and the story is great. The stories are great. Um, let's go so back our, to the our beginning. Pre-interview interview. interview? No, no, we don't do that. We don't do, ah, no, 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 do no. I just like shooting the bull with you and, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, it was like, okay, this is going to be a fantastic episode. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Where did you go to school? And how did you end up uh, becoming uh, an intern at Late Night with David Letterman? I grew up in Syracuse, New York, right in the city in the Strathmore area on an Arden Drive. Um, and my, I grew up the, the oldest of four children. And my dad was the, is still, he's an American classic in my opinion but uh you know the 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 eternal salesman dj radio personality the voice always playing rock and roll you know it was a lot of i've got some good news and some bad news good news is i'll be home for the holidays bad news lost my job you know like yeah. my dad really hit it uh in in hotel management and uh we had to move so when when i was in ninth grade we moved to harrisburg which was a huge adjustment. Um, yeah. It was a very, very small, very small, suburban, <laughs> very suburban, small little town called Camp Hill. And I had a lot of eyeliner and a very heavy New York accent that wasn't like the good one. And everyone thought I liked a girl named Ellen <laughs> for six months. And it was a guy named Alan. That's how bad it was. Anyway, that happened. So I was there for ninth, 10th, half of 11th grade riding bikes in Camp Hill, you know? Yep. And then my dad's like, we're moving to Pittsburgh. I'm like, what the, is it the pants? You know, I'm from Syracuse <laughs> where, sorry, Syracuse, but dome dogs and dome foam. That's it. Like there is nothing. <laughs> so we come to Pittsburgh and I get to live with my dad ahead of everybody else. And we, I have my own hotel room. And I put up my uh, you know, Madonna posters and I have room service and my dad drives me to school every day. And after school, I go to the real estate agent's house who my mom ended up working there for years later. But anyway, that, you know, there I am. And that's just how I met all the friends and, and everyone that I've been friends with still to this day. And, you know, I love Pittsburgh. I'm a diehard Pittsburgh person, but I, oh, so that, so how did I get to Letterman? So I was at WVU. Okay. Um, which, you know, is considered like at that time. And when I went there, it was 1989 was considered, um, you know, well, the truth was I just had terrible SAT scores. I was brilliant. <laughs> you know, I'm much better than essay question. You know what I mean? Anyway, 
Um, the truth is that the, this is the truth of the matter. Um, of course, at that time, it was the height of the popularity. I mean, in my sorority house, they'd have the top 10 reasons to pay your bill this week. <laughs> like it was like around all the time, always referenced. Yep. So I, the truth of the truth, I was thinking about this today because we were going to talk and here's the truth. So um, it says a lot about what you can do with the power of the mind and being dumb and just <laughs> a helpful naivete just, just a healthy naivete. It's like really yeah. there's a thing about persistence right so i just made it a game so i found out my sweet mate um in the dorm patsy uh leave her last name out she's one of my most favorite people but i found out that she had secured an internship um at espn she wanted to be an, a, a sports person and in 1989 for a woman to get that like that was outrageous and i yeah. was just I didn't know where it came from, just incredibly jealous. And I was like, well, I will just show her. I will find out. So I just like hunted down this poor woman named Colette Coleman who worked at the NPC David Letterman show. And I just never thought I'd get it. It was just a game. Like it didn't matter. My dad had all these freaking flyer points from being the hotel guy. I figured it was all just fun and games. There was no way in hell I was ever going to... And um, then my, her name's Colette, and that's my middle name. And then I found out she was super duper pregnant and really was stressed out and wanted to be done. And I just called her every day. Like, I'm embarrassed about it. So but, you call up 30 Rock. Hello, 30 Rock. Yeah, I'm looking for I Colette in the Letterman office. That's do you what you're doing? This? Yeah, no, I had her direct dial. I was like, Colette, hi, it's Colette. <laughs> I, had like a, <laughs> I had a neon glow phone on Spruce Street at WVU. I was like... <laughs> I mean, it was totally a game, like a totally. And I remember the day that they called and they said, I got it. And they asked me if I wanted, I think I told you this was on researcher talent. And I was like, what's that mean? And they're like, we're researching. You know, this is before the interwebs. So there was no, it was like, or but there's a writer, writer or anything like that option. But I was like, well, yeah, talent, sure. And I remember just hanging up that glow phone, and like jumping around in this apartment. And they're like, nobody was there. Like nobody believed me. Like I was like, no, seriously, <laughs> I'm going to New York. And they're like, uh huh, all right, sweet, whatever. It's your sure, you're a Molly. Yeah. <laughs> and how long before you you so you got the call? Did you do an interview then? I did the interview. Yeah, it's very like a. Yes, I did. I was very persistent, as I might have mentioned. Uh -huh. So I uh, kind of wasn't taking no for an answer. It was a game. So I yep. told Colette, poor Colette, she hated me. I was like, I can come there on Wednesday. And I just like took my dad's freaking flyer miles and literally did the old makeover at Macy's where I looked pretty much like a prostitute. And then I was running this rap. Hey, Molly, sweet. For my sorority sister. Anyway, it went great because then I saw how pregnant she was and then I completely harassed her. And then I just never thought I'd get it. And then I did. And then that was great. Because then my grandmother had to like find me an apartment in New York, you know, bridge game. And that's a good story because like this girl supplied clothes to me that didn't quite fit. And I'd wear them anyway because they were fancy. It's all very funny, but it all happened. And then like, and then you're in it and you know, that's so much life has gone by. You think, did that really happen? Yeah. And then talking to you has been so fun because- yeah, Get back there. Yeah, I, I've gotten that a lot. Uh, where where there are people who 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 were there for you know a cup of coffee or a couple cups of coffee, and they're like, mm -hmm. it was a blur, but it did happen. And talking about this now, it, it yeah, brings it all back because of how exciting it was. It's a significant time too, and and all of if you're really a fan of uh, late night television, and 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 I realize now in hindsight how much I just do love the medium so much of television, particularly. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just always been very drawn to it. Um, just uh, as, as Steve put it once, uh, uh, I think in my letter of recommendation, putting on a mini extravaganza day after day. I mean, I got into hospitality, which was very similar. You know, every day is a different group, a different, you know, and that, that kind of, it was just, like we said, is a skill set, right? Yep. But it's not really my love. Like I loved that stuff. And it wasn't the famous people and stuff. It was just the whole, the, the energy of that kind of, those people I like. Yeah. So. Mini extravaganza fun. every day. I get, I, that's. Mini extravaganza. That is such a Steve O'Donnell-ism. I'm um, not showing you that letter, by the way. Oh, no. well, okay. Let's tell people about the letter. Let's, you know, so you're not showing, can it's you show it? It's a recommendation letter. I did not, I'm not showing it to you. You're not showing it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he gave you a letter of recommendation and it is framed on your wall, which I think is absolutely yeah, it was lost. It was lost in a, for a while and it was recovered, you know, dusted off, you yeah. know, you don't think you're ever going to, and then just, it's just, it's been really wonderful. I've re reconnected. A little bit over a year ago, 
yep. via the interwebs. <laughs> and that's that's how Steve and I connected as well. And I mean, yeah. you've been out with them too. I, like, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no. it's been great. Yeah, and it just um, I, I've shared a couple of meals with him, and it just times that I, I continually tell the people the stories, whether they want to hear it or not. I I just I love it so much. It's so entertaining. And one thing that I love about Steve, and I'm so glad that he's uh, he's doing the NYU thing again. And he's teaching. Oh, again. me too. Aren't you jealous? Like, oh, where are those I want to be there so bad. I'm like, what late night writing? He's like, oh, I can't believe that it's not full. I'm like, I can't believe there isn't like, I, I just, the whole thing almost feels, it makes me annoyed almost. No, like, me too. Like, like this is where. Well, I, can I come in? Can, can, can I be in your pocket on your phone, just listening? Like, I'm like, it's like so cool. Like, I think it's amazing. Well, they get okay. Classes like that. Last October, almost a year ago, right now, uh, uh, you know, I was planning a trip and I went out to New York, and and that was where I met him first in the flesh. And I said to him, "Hey, when I'm in New York, this is like the naivete that you're talking about. I've got it in spades. I'm like a yokel almost, a bumpkin." Uh, <laughs> I said to him, "I said, hey, maybe when I'm in New York, one of the days I can come and audit the class." And he called me up and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's like mm -hmm. eight or nine people around a table and we've got this kinship. He and insisted on the table. Like hear that. Hear that part. <laughs> That's the best part of the whole thing. Yes. He says it very nonchalantly. We're just taking a walk and he goes, well, you know, I, I only had a few stipulations or and you would think it would be like about whatever, you know, typical, you know, money or something. Yeah. He's like, I, you know, so I knew the numbers and I really wanted it to be like, it really was like around the table. I'm like, that's, that's totally awesome. And he's like, that right. was like the sticking point or whatever. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that. Well, see, no, but anyway, he was really I imagine an auditorium. All, I'm sure it's all well and good. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. It's, it's, well, when he described it. I just it, love that. Like, I was like, that's like the exact correct thing to be. Yeah. You know, it's like my dad with hotels. My dad just excellent at it. And it's like, it's yeah. like he just knows what he's doing in that topic. And I find that so important. And he inspires others. Like the thing is with Steve, <laughs> it's like every time I, I have an interaction with him, I want to go do something creative. I feel inspired to go do something. Yes, I, uh, I agree. Me was too. he like that on the show as well? I, I mean, I guess so, because I asked him for a recommendation letter. I guess that was like very <laughs> not supposed yeah, to go. be done. I think he would just flatter that somebody asked him because probably they were all told not to. I didn't follow the rules very very well. So I, and we got along great. I mean, he was just always so, he was, he just was, was made me feel like I could do what I need. Like I could do what, you know, I could do what I wanted to do. He's empowering. Who makes people like that? Yeah. This is this is going to be the Steve O'Donnell love fest. This is. Great. I know. God, um, let's change the subject. <laughs> okay, let's go to your first day because you find the apartment. What part of town was the apartment that Grandma found? Oh, yeah, East Ninety Third between First and Second. Oh my gosh. I know. So, so you got to like, bars live in New, New York, and I could I could pour my coffee and take a shower. <laughs> and there was not a bed. I would just like roll out the futon, yep. cold shower, lay down. I mean, I was 19 years old. I, I wasn't paid. And yep. uh, my grandmother um, said, hey, uh, Betty, or whatever lady's name was in the game, doesn't uh, doesn't your granddaughter, Lisa, doesn't she have a boyfriend in a high rise with central air? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, well, she, my, my daughter, it was $750. I'll never forget it. My parents got, bless them, the best parents in the whole wide world of sports. They always uh, really came through when, when big stuff mattered, and they really made sure I could do that. I did steal a raw potato from the NBC commissary every day for dinner, but you know. Stole a potato from the commissary. Potato, potato. <laughs> did like did Brokaw potato. see you do it? Was anybody in there while you did it? I mean, that's... I mean what are they going to do? Say, shake it down for a potato? I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just so. I don't know. Like, please, sir. Like with that red hair, the whole thing was a bit much. But hey, listen, they were just there. It's the New York experience that you would hope to have. And 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 especially looking back, you think about, oh, I was 19 in New York. And and that's like Oh, and and all of 19's wisdom. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. Which is not much, man. Yep. Like I think of the stupid things I did. And, and thank God I just laugh. But I now live with a 19-year-old, soon to be 20-year-old. And I mean, they just know everything. And she's way more convincing of it than me. But it is kind of funny. Like, why is that? Like, when you're, like, your best, you're also kind of your worst. Mm -hmm. I think it's because life is a journey. And you're learning no matter what. And and uh, there's always going to be a blind spot. There's always going to be a blind spot, even when you're at your best. Um, let's go back to your first day. Do you remember your first day? Oh, well, it was very, very memorable. Okay. Yes. So my very, 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 very first day. So 
you know, you get the letter and all you know is where to show up and they say 1410 West Bank, you know, and I get there, took like the bus and everything. Yep. So I'm there really early, like really early, but somehow I got up to the floor, yep. but nobody that I worked for, I mean, I met no one yet. So I'm, it's like a good, you get off the elevator and then you can go right or left and I went to the left and it's down the hallway. And I worked for Madeline Smithberg was my direct report and Betsy. And so, I, and, and Madeline's she, coming on the show in a couple of weeks, just so you know. And Sheila Rogers, who did the music. She's oh, right for Rolling Stone. And I'm standing right, right there in the dark, like the semi, you know, that kind of like the lights aren't on yet. You know, I'm there way too early. It's like 7 a.m. in Rockefeller Center. And all of a sudden, I just hear this booming voice. And it's like, what is with overhead lighting? Where is the indirect lighting? I need lamps. I thought we were at Letterman. And I'm like, what's going on? And it was like a thunderous voice bounding. And I turn around and like, everyone is shorter than they, you, they, you think they are. Uh -huh. Except for this guy. Bill Murray is like towering over me. Like <laughs> he's huge. He's funny. And he's <laughs> totally on. And he's like, Where's it? are you the intern? Oh my God. Is this your first day? You're with us all day, kid. And I was. And we, I don't know what the bit was, but we, I was at one point in a shower with Bill Murray and Terry Gar. <laughs> yes. On my first day. Fantastic. I, I don't, it's like an out of body experience. I don't know. I just remember it was, I just remember, see, I'm always into like the logistics, right? Like I always wanted to be like in production. Uh -huh. So I'm like, how are they getting this shot from the, <laughs> and that's like what I, you know, and I'm like, Meanwhile, like Terry Gar's like literally got a shower cap. And then what they would do, all the pre-tapes, right? So you would do like, so it was, I was with him all day, day one, all day. So it's like, like it's like the first day of school. Like, you know, you have some ice cream Sundays all day and you're like, that's not going to be. And then it's like, no, then you're just. No, like, this is not how it's going to be. Which you but totally enjoy it. Anyway. Yeah. That's why we had a list of did it air. I sent you that were like a mile long. My yeah, 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 yeah. so hard. She's like, oh, is that from a typewriter? It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing called typewriter. Did it air? Did what air? The pre-tape thing that you did? Like, did it actually make the air oh, and probably. all that? So what they would do is they would, uh, from my understanding, like I don't know, but my understanding <laughs> back then was that uh, they did a bunch of tapes. So like it yeah. was all day. So it wasn't just for one show. So like they would save them. Like freezing your eggs, if you were. <laughs> But you're not calling Wait, home saying, oh, Mom, oh, Dad, audience. I'm on TV tonight. I'm going to tell everybody our little. So, at the, so do you, everyone see Mike's very high and tight man bun? Oh, there it is. Oh, you like, you like that? By the end, by the end of this conversation, uh -huh. we'll be matching. Okay. I raise you a high and tight. I adore you. Um, so you're not calling home the first day saying, Mom, Dad, I'm going to be on TV tonight. I was never on TV. Okay. So it was just pre-tapes. You were part of it, but you weren't ever it was actually always behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I was never on. I was just there with the first people yeah. all day long. It was like I don't remember a lot of it, which is you know I think it's like a situation. But it's just funny just chatting with you. Like it all just comes right, you know. And then it almost feels like it wasn't real. But oh, I do remember all that. He was just like exactly like you would think, and nobody else really is. But he was like I remember pockets and just but his just personality was like vibrating out of him and very kind. And, and weird, oh. which was awesome. Um, I've been told that Bill Murray has an energy and you can actually feel it. Oh yeah, it's very palpable. Oh yeah, I mean, I, don't, I was in the shower with him. I wasn't thinking twice about it, so. <laughs> I'm in there. Do you need me to take notes? That's day one. Um, okay, yeah. so talent. So, so, so talent here, you're you're working with talent and you mentioned Madeline Smithberg. She's coming mm -hmm. on the show in a couple of weeks. Madeline Smithberg, you talk about talent. She had a talent for finding people uh, and again, like you said, no internet, no interwebs back then. Mm -hmm. And she found the most interesting, oddest stories, right. which was the you know, left of center of show, type right? stuff. It was like the, that human interest yeah. thing and, that like now is real every 10 seconds, but like really had to be dug for it back then. So are you helping with that? No. Okay. I'm like answering the phone. Okay sorting things messing things up a lot um i i they they, they it, it, i was thinking today because i knew we were going to talk of course i'm thinking about this yeah and i'm like it's really remarkable the amount of uh 
things they allowed me to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With like really no supervision. I mean, it's pretty, you know, like they, they, there was some level of trust. They must have known I wasn't a moron. But it, like, I think back, I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe like they just let me like talk to John Hughes. And I'd be like, hi, um, guys, John Hughes is on the phone. And they'd be like, <laughs> tell him we love Ferris Bueller's. I'm like, shit they don't want to talk to John Hughes like I never knew what to do and like it was just like a movie like my life was like a movie it was like not the devil wears Prada exactly <laughs> but like no I'm just kidding it wasn't that bad I hung out with the writers they were very nice I planned all of the wives parties yeah <laughs> that's how I got into writing at an I- angle do you want to host this show I think you'll be really good at it um oh my god <laughs> So, oh okay. Um, how long were you there total? Um, uh, so Six it months, started in months? May. It started in May and it went through the end of August. Like I went back to go to my senior year of college. Okay. So four, four months ish, whatever. Yeah. Like um, if there was one, it was if, summer. Okay. And gotcha. I went home and I went home and I went home in the middle, which I was thinking today must have been the 4th of July. Cause there yeah. was a ton of show hiatus that we were in charge of where I made most of my mistakes. Um, but, um, that's when the infamous interview happened. And, you know, that is a funny story. And, and so that's when I figured it out. Because I like, couldn't figure out when summer started, but I, I, the, that script cover I gave you today was May 1. So I was there. I almost think I got out of even, I did finals early. I feel like it started early. So I think, right. yeah, because my junior year. So I was, I was still had my senior year to go. Well, and you get the call saying you're going to Letterman. If mm-hmm. you're able to cut a couple of weeks, you're going to cut a couple of weeks. You're going to do what it takes to get I'll there. It out. Yeah, 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 we're going to work. You're going to work it out. It's going to happen regardless. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I just feel like it was like earlier than we would have been out, but maybe not. Maybe just like right at that moment. Um, can you isolate this down to, uh, you know, is it possible to answer this question? Um, was If there was one or two tasks that you did kind of routinely, like more than any other tasks, what would they have been? Or was it just chaos all the time and you didn't know what you were going to get every single day i mean we did what we were asked and there was some every day was like a different day different thing going on different bit that they were doing but uh, really i was like a phone gal right so i would that that was very fun because i answered i mean so my desk sat and said desk right it wasn't a desk it was like a counter really and um a little teeny cubicle over here was a guy named chris elliott yeah and then right there is Paul Schaefer, you know, and I answered their phones, you know, so I learned a lot about um, fame and kinds of fame. And there's the kind of like, like these guys, the the musicians on that show are just renowned, you know, and the, the calls I was feeling were incredible. And same, same with, with Madeline and Betsy and, and Sheila's lines, because that's what I did, all the lines, basically. So you know, when somebody was emphatic and called all the time, you sort of remember the name. That's how I learned all of the area codes. Like, I got kind of pissed and started adding area codes because I was like, I know them all. Because like, that show, because I would know like who was calling from what state. That's all I there, did. There, I so there was a there was a, a prehistoric version of caller ID. No, it just said no, like so no. It would just say that. like you know two one six. I'd be like, oh, yep. Cleveland. Yeah, like yeah, I would know who was calling. Yeah. See again, kids don't understand that. You know, but, but, but it was a very different time when we grew up, and and that's a yeah, that's a yes, um, it, it it was, which is weird because it feels like it was yesterday. <laughs> you mentioned his name. I gotta ask. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth with him a little bit on email and and, and whatnot. He's just the sweetest guy in the world. Do you have any uh, Chris Elliott stories that are at the top of mind right now? Oh, you know, not a lot. No, he was really nice. That's all I remember. I remember on one time he rode in on a bike, which was funny because we were way up on the 14th floor. Um, he wasn't there a lot, you know, it was the summer. And so I think that was also a little weird. Um, everyone kind of gets out of Manhattan in the summer. So, um, we, they kind of left the the asylum to the inmates a lot. So, you know, he, he was very nice. I've spoken to him a few times and stuff, but it wasn't funny. He just like you would think actually. So very, very kind. I never really understood it. I I was kind of thought he was a writer. I didn't really, really know. He was probably like a contract guy. I don't know. Just there sometimes. Um, you talk about Sheila Rogers. I maintain that she has the best hair in show business. Uh, in front Beautiful. or behind a camera, it doesn't matter. Uh, I put her up there. Um, now, I mean, we're going to, I might as well, we might as well get to the Smashing Pumpkins story because this is one of the things <laughs> that Steve told me. Uh, I'm a huge music fan. And, and one of the things that I love about Sheila so much 
is how many bands can say or or or, or artists can say that they made their network television debut on one of Letterman's franchises. Um, and, and, and I think about that time early on, like Smashing Pumpkins really smashed in, in 90, no, no pun intended, in 93. 91 yeah. was a while ago. That was when Gish came out. Like that's, and I mean, yeah. I love indie. What did he say earlier? Billy had hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Billy had hair. That's right. But we um, didn't know who Billy was is the truth of the matter. And this lady- Nobody did at that time. Nobody- I was answering the phones. So remember, I answered the phone. So this yeah. lady, this, I mean, I, I, I see, I'm a salesperson to this day. So I just, my heart went out. She was just so persistent. And she, I mean, she had a great name. I'm not going to say it. And I, she said the name of the record label. And she just, she was just for this band. And they were it. And they were the grunge. And don't I know, grunge is here to stay. And blah. And it was a Friday in the summer and everyone wanted to leave. I did nothing dramatically great. I just gave everyone the push that they needed to blame the intern if it didn't work out. And I was like, hey guys, I hear grunge is here to stay. And I was like, basically gave the green light for them to be like, oh, if it's terrible, it's her fault. And they booked, so that I technically booked the Smashing Pumpkins first national television gigs. They said those words. If they're terrible, it's that girl's fault. Like you, you totally. Heard, like, I mean, that's without saying that is... most things were, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't care if it's tongue in cheek or not. That is an Oh absolute... no, I did a lot of stupid shit. I let me, I didn't know what I was doing. So that is, uh, and were you, would you have been there when the show happened or were you gone by the time they got the booking? Like, was it months in advance? And you didn't get a chance. Know. It was um, I feel like it was in pretty lifetime, maybe because it was summer, maybe because it was the 1991. Yeah, which is different. So it was the Dave, I think, coined the term the summer blockbuster. So it was like you'd get the people for the summer blockbuster and you couldn't get anyone in New York. And it was actually a hard job in a way, being on talent, because just kind of like trying to make numbers on what I do now in nonprofit, you just can't create someone that's not there so like literally I like everyone just wanted to go home and I was like oh I you know I just really wanted to give this lady a bite too she was like so I mean I did not I didn't know anything about the Smashing Pumpkins and just worked out <laughs> wow um <laughs> but I didn't book many guys but I mean there was a no there was, there was a pet trick coordinator like it was a full job and would have reported to Madeline I would assume right oh I don't know how the reporting worked but she was right next to Colette Okay. Who dealt with who was it assisted Mordain? It was charged with dealing with hiring the interns. Poor thing. <laughs> I feel bad about it. She she was she was like eight months pregnant with twins when I harassed her. <laughs> um, and talking about it to this day, how many years later? I mean, that's just. Uh, did you ever get a chance? Now, okay, so obviously engrossed in the behind the scenes part, you love love that. It seems like you love the staff and the camaraderie and, mm -hmm. and it was a great time. Did you ever actually watch the show live or watch the show taped? No, I don't. I, uh, we could only do things called show phones, which is like answering the phones during the show. I right. think I was allowed, I guess I could have gone down and hung out. I did a few times when I was asked to, but I wasn't ever allowed to be in the audience. And I was told yes. never in my lifetime he would recognize me and know who I was. I'm like, what the, you know? But then I kind of got bummed out because like my family got to go to the show. Like, you know, like my ex-husband got front row seats. Like, what the hell? You know, like I was like, I never get to ever? Like, what if I wore a wig? Would you never, you know, and it was like this whole folklore. And like, no, obviously it's true because I never went. <laughs> cool? And yeah, the biggest bummer, it was summer. So there was no SNL taping. So I've yet to right. go to SNL, which is like my dream. And so that's just so weird to have worked there right there. I would like peek through the little, like under the fuzz of the like door. And then I'd be like, <laughs> like, who are you? And they'd see my little, and then the ladies in the elevators that were um like, like real business ladies, they'd always be like, oh, you late night girls in your gap clothing, like just all annoyed. Cause we were just casual. You bring up a great point because, like, at the end of the day, you talk about the inmates in the asylum. In a, in in a, in some ways, late night and late night staff were the inmates and in, inmates in the asylum for Thirty Rock, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you guys were always yeah. causing stuff to happen and all that kind of stuff. No, I no love one, like, how was mean to us. What's that? <laughs> Nobody was mean to us or anything. No. Like, ladies just be like, ah, they were like jealous, and you know, they had to wear pantyhose because <laughs> pantyhose suck. <laughs> I didn't take a job once, literally, over pantyhose. Really. 
literally they were like you have to wear pantyhose I was like first of all let's discuss open toe shoes second of all I'm not a Jimmy Dean sausage and no get in this century um well the job appreciated fine hosiery okay that's an interesting requirement um <laughs> yeah but you know like back in the day you know companies like ibm and whatnot they wasn't had it long ago code. dude this is not long ago really are you kidding me years. no wow it all worked out it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's all okay. good um you have uh you have some softball experience they took their softball pretty darn seriously at that right. place. And you know, when you don't pay people, you don't <laughs> tell them anything either. So I didn't know of said softball game. I was not prepared with the right anything, really. But at and least you weren't wearing I was just told, hose. like, go into this limo. And I was like, okay. And so my brother was a really good baseball player, which I presumably still is. But the point is, like, I was not. <laughs> so there I am. And all I know is three strikes are out. And so I just can't wait to be out. So I'm like, woof, woof, woof. And then I dropped the bat. And I guess there's some rule, because I don't know, because no one told me. I was bullied as a child. And maybe that's why I did so well there. Anyway, Dave yells from the back. Ah, is this a new goddamn intern? And then this one guy's like, it's okay, it's okay. Here's what we're going to do. And like we bump. And I don't know how to do that. I'm like, thanks, nice guy. And at the end, he's like, hey, would you like to go to the bar with us? um you know we always get a couple of drinks after that I'm like oh well I have my little subway pass and I go I don't think I can get into the bar because I'm only 19 <laughs> or 20 or whatever the hell I was and he was like mm. and I had no idea that it was Bob Costas what so well, I didn't know who he was okay WVU journals <laughs> really wanted to be in it so uh, they had a giveaway box of stuff and I would send it to my brother like baseball. And one day he called, he's like, um, mom, <laughs> you know, it's got to have Bob Costas. I'm like, Bob, he's so nice. He gets me in the bar and how he does it. Like, I don't even know. So nice. Uh, Your life at this time is like a Candace Bushnell book. I mean, I'm um, a very late bloomer. It was clearly late, <laughs> to, the party. late to the party. Oh, Bob. Uh, so was Bob on the, the late like was it an nbc song no it was like an nbc oh god you're really testing me here okay it was like an nbc um we played other shows i believe but it was the letterman they they did it i mean we he taped two shows on thursday over it like yeah they didn't yeah they took their ball seriously i I guess yeah i it's very yeah and it was summer so maybe it wasn't like all the time because there was so much hiatus yeah but i remember like it was fun because if if there was a it was every friday when they were not on hiatus and and I should remember where we went, but I know it was like fun because I get to go out and stuff because I like yeah. wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like, so it was really, it was great. Like everyone was so nice. Like it was a wonderful experience. I never, nobody was ever, um, it felt like work. Like it felt like going to work. Like we were all on the same team. Right. Nice. Uh, did you get to keep the jersey or was it a loaner because you there were wasn't there? a jersey that I recall. No. Everybody was wearing like, I remember it was just the 10 year anniversary. I think everyone was wearing like those old t-shirts and like anything to signify they were so i think i just wore a late night hat yeah <laughs> yeah because i had no forewarning and i was probably in like mini pumps or something i have no idea <laughs> but no pantyhose um absolutely not <laughs> uh, would you eat at the commissary every day i guess so i don't really remember that oh i know what we would do we would go get um um, it's funny because I still make them to this day. Salads, like they were like, I guess, pita bread, pocket bread. Like that was like a new fucking invention. Oh, excuse sure. me. <laughs> and it was like salad sandwiches from Obon Pen. It was very fancy, but it was like cheaper almost in the commissary, I think. Anyway, we would just take shifts. Like we didn't really go to lunch because we were interns. It was like we all were just kind of covering this desk. Right. So no big memories on lunch. Sorry. No big memories. <laughs> Not many good lunch ones. Yeah. <laughs> have lunch with anyone fun uh, no, no mike what lunch. are you doing right now i'll go to the letterman podcast i asked them what they ate for lunch it's great yeah. uh, <laughs> going great it's a hell of a show um <laughs> do you like pickles in your tuna <laughs> okay uh you never drove Dave, dave's car right no did you see the rules i sent you yeah 
Do you see that list? That was yeah, a list I did. Somebody the, would call. I'd be like, hold on, hold. Well, I got to refer. Let me, I know the area code. So now let me make sure. Yeah. There were a lot of rules. Basically, there's just a lot of uh, speeding tickets from what I understand and back injuries from something to do with speeding. And, you know, Dave really didn't like people knowing his business. And uh, I totally get it. You know, mm-hmm. it gets misconstrued. It, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the one thing that that seems to be a, 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 a tie that that goes through everybody, even doesn't matter the era is how protective people. I mean, are. it's weird. I was just going to say, I was gonna, oh, I'm so glad you said that first. I was just going to say, don't go over the top, Molly. But also, again, it means you almost get a little protective of them. And um, because it was almost, I'm going to really sound sappy, but it was kind of like an American treasure kind of thing. And you wanted to preserve the integrity of what was going on there, you know? And, and yep. I didn't, I didn't, everything I saw was great. So, you know, like I just felt that way. Um, you know, there were things I had to do that weren't fun. Like, uh, who was that guy with the goddamn, oh, I should remember his name. He wore the bow and arrows. He's really into guns. Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, no, 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 no. Classic I, I, rocker. That was, that was a joke. That was a joke. Classic, um, classic rocker. It'll come to me in a second. Anyway, I had to go buy him um, Jack Daniels or something. And I was like, I can't. I'm only 20. And they're like, get the NBC badge. Get on the liquor. I was like, I hate this <laughs> Ted Nugent. Oh, you're talking about Ted Nugent. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. There you go. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Ted. But bleh. yeah. Oh, <laughs> hated him. Disgusting human being. And I was just like, what? I can't. Come on, man. I'm not old enough. Man. He had, like bow and arrow. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> he shoots pigs from a helicopter. That's what Ted Nugent does these 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 days. I saw a video. Well, this was like the genesis, I guess, of said. <laughs> um. Other music acts that you uh, got a chance to brush with. Uh, I mean, mm. you know, Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, I love I love that story so much, but. Oh, it's so I hard mean, to like come up with it. Like, it's so funny. So every so often somebody will mention something. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's more like I remember the actors and stuff. I don't okay. know that there was a ton of musical acts being the summer. Honestly, okay. it was a really different time. Like, there'd be no reason for everyone to be in New York. Like. Yeah. Everyone left the weekend Friday show, Thursday, Friday shows were the hardest to book. Like it was literally like a job, like it was a job, of course. Yeah. But there was like slots that you had to fill, like segments, right? And yeah. there'd be glaring holes, just like there are, are in a budget or any job you have. Like, yikes, look out for October. You know, it's like the same idea. Like it was like, what are we gonna do? You know? And so um, you got to see that board every day. Yeah. I yeah, did. That's crazy. No, I didn't like, get to see the good board though, the writing board with the little blue cards. That's the room I wanted to be in. Really? really? Why was that the room you wanted to be in? Because I would like to have been a writer. It wasn't even an option. So, I mean, they get to write all the fun stuff. I mean, and sometimes even be on it. But um, really, it's because of their personalities. Like, I just like I think that that's where I. So I got along with all of them very well. And they, I mean, I let's be honest, I didn't have a ton to do. I was just a kid in an office, like messing everything up. So uh, they would say, hey, when I was turning 30, I kind of want to surprise her. I'm like, what is she like? And I did like two, more than one 30th birthday party. Really? Yeah. Is Rob Burnett a writer? I feel like that's a name I did. Uh- <laughs> I think. <laughs> It is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob wrote uh, once yeah, or he's twice. Yeah, guy, right? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't Rob, yeah. believe. God, Rob, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Believe it was his wife. We have, okay, hold on. We have to isolate that, and I want to send it. I'm going to send it to. No, please don't embarrass me, Mike. I no, gonna... no, 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 no. That's just no. That's really funny. Uh, I, there are some people I'm going to send that part of this show uh, to. That, hey, that was... audience, it's it's uh, 8:56 p.m. in Pittsburgh, so it's time for <laughs> no. a Molly Mule. <laughs> Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob had a tenure with the show. He he continued on with the show quite a bit. Now, it's a little bit nervous. Rob, Rob, Rob was the exec producer. He was a head writer for a long time, and then ended up being one of the executive producers all the way to the end. So, hey, how about those pictures I sent you? Did you see? Oh, Danny they're Johnson? great. Yeah, I. You know, I wish I could have loaded them up here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can I? The um, guy's so, name was Dave. I can't. I'm trying to remember everyone's name in that picture. Betsy Steyer. Like I remember a lot of them. That was fun. I couldn't believe I found all those. That was so crazy. Oh, they're great. Can um 
can we what i would like to do is i'd like to put a filter over those 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 pictures and ask you we i want to pick out the ones that i i can put under the facebook group because there's some really really good ones that a lot of staffers will be like really excited to see from back in the day um so can okay. i if i can post those that'd be fantastic oh sure i mean they're not of me so certainly <laughs> now there is one of me there's certainly yeah there there is that hair yeah great hair too you know absolutely funny? the outfit i'm wearing literally i was wearing today like it's literally back in style like that it was the same t-shirt with them wearing the bike shorts with the stupid it outfit. all comes back it just comes back yeah. with a twist sometimes but it always comes back everything gets recycled pretty much just the mom jeans all over again <laughs> you know? it's like i just should have saved them this isn't interesting um you know, we talk about uh, the writers being able to do things. I don't know if Steve said this on camera or not. I believe he played a police officer so many times that I believe Suham gave him the police officer costume. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I should be. We do have enjoyable conversations about central casting. Like I will tell him like, oh, blah, 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 call central casting. And he'll be like, I was in central casting. And that's exactly right. That is the exact costume. Yeah. Or whatever. You're kind of doing him a little bit too. I was in central casting. That's, yeah, it's a definite case. That. It's just such a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, is he not a delightful storyteller? My goodness. Oh, he's the best. He's I could just listen to him tell stories all day long. I and said to him, he, okay, so funny. I'll tell tales out of school a little slow. bit here. I'm positioning to get him and Steve Young on here at the same time. Oh, and, wow. And, but when I, when, I, when I said to O'Donnell, I said, hey, I'd like to get you back on the show again. Oh, are you sure? I think I've run out of things to say. Yeah, no, you haven't run out of things to Very say, honest. but I do have a twist. I would like to have both of you on. Oh, Steve that, sure. show has done so many things, but I yeah. know. I like. Okay. I don't know if this will like, land with yeah, you or not. He just, he's just being Steve. He doesn't want. He doesn't need all that. I know, and that's Obviously. part of the part of the charm, and one of the things. He's, that very we all... he's just. And I tell him, you're just a guy from Cleveland. He's just. <laughs> I'm going to um, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, uh, direct people to this clip because it's been a long time since I have. Uh, there's a clip of Steve O'Donnell uh, accepting the Herb Sargent Comedy Award on YouTube. And, and I Steve Young and I was trying to watch it in the airport this weekend and it was just spinning and I couldn't see it. So good. Steve oh, Young well, then I have to go back it. and watch it. It was I was oh, looking yeah. at the podcast while I was stuck in Detroit and I was trying so hard to like catch up and you know what you guys do. And I wanted to see it and I couldn't see it, darn it. Okay. It's so good. It okay. is such a good speech. Uh, I highly recommend that to everybody out there who, uh, you know, you want to see a nice Steve O'Donnell moment. The speech is just so charming. I can't um, and and uh, Steve Young inducted him and Letterman uh, put in a, sent in a video as well, which was, which was very, very sweet. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I'm glad, oh, I, I'm so glad we get to love all over Steve, Steve O'Donnell. Um, during this episode. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, because, and this is something else, um, that so many of the folks who work there seem to have, everybody seems to kind of be self-deprecating or downplay who they are and what they do and all that kind of stuff. When so many people kind of worship that, I think part of the secret sauce of the Letterman, even you yourself, you know, you were there, uh, but you loved the behind the scenes stuff. You didn't try and jockey yourself so you could see the show every night and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it was, it was just, it it's like there, you were cool, but you didn't want to think that you were cool. What no, was that? Was that about cool coolness? I just really, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. It's so funny. I really have been thinking about this because like, I guess I could have done that. I just really liked the inner workings of the show. Yeah. And so it wasn't like I could like give up, like see it really. It would just be on a monitor and I could see that up by the desk and I was more helpful answering the phones. And then I didn't have to deal with all of the BS. Yeah always happens with famous people <laughs> i was like they wanted a what now oh darn it i was answering the phones <laughs> um are there any safe for broadcast stories that you can tell about that or are those the ones that we got to keep just to the private are you record? trying to tell me about the dana dana delana story about her hair if you'll tell it so you remember the show <laughs> no one watching this like hello children like no one's gonna <laughs> Back in 91, there yes. was a show. It was pretty popular called China Beach. Yes. Dana Delaney, they cut her hair off in a little Dorothy Hamill-esque cut. And I guess her first stop for promotion was 
David Letterman show <laughs> and they must have just freshly chopped it. She was on and it looked, by the way, Dana DeLay, a very beautiful woman. Before that, that she had long, beautiful hair. I do recall. She did. That. She had long hair, but it's, it was beautiful. Like, this was a fresh chopperoo. Okay. Yeah. And I never, <laughs> ever am like, yeah, let me help. But I'm like very, like, I'm a nonprofit. Like, as a kind of person, I have someone who's like, do you want to, I'm like, what can I do to help? Well, just go into this dressing room and see if Dana Delaney would like hair and makeup. I'm like, doesn't she know if she, no, Molly, we offer it. Okay. Hi, uh, I'm just Molly. Would you like it? <laughs> For what have you seen my hair? And I was like, <laughs> close the door. You know, Mama Molly kicks in. I'm like, it's going to be okay. You know, this was very popular when I was young with Dorothy Hamilton Pixie. It's darling. I'm like, pop in her, put her like ice on her eyes. Like, she has to like go on. And like, they're not going to fix it because Dane Lee doesn't like her hair good. Nope. So anyway, that was my big moment. But like at one point, like I remember it wasn't like a glamorous room wherever we were, or if it was a side of a stage. It might not have been in her, it might have been like, I don't know. But I just remember it kind of being long and drafty and somebody going, oh, oh, good. Like, like someone's dealing with it. So I was like, I was like, I'm going back to the phones. Jesus. <laughs> you know. That's the kind of stuff that you you but got I to don't, avoid. But I think by... what it was that that was that that was helpful with my personality was that I don't really get um starstruck, you know, because of course I admire the art the artist oh, yeah. and, and um their talent and and all of that. But I'm more like just like I want to talk to them about it. You know, like I'm just like I just don't would never be like asking for, you know. And then later it's funny when I was in hospitality, I booked a lot of movie crews and famous bands and uh hockey, you know, hockey teams. troops and then also corporate people that were really famous and like all of the different segments and, and hockey teams and hockey te hockey teams yeah there were some anyway teams. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i just yeah and so that all <laughs> happened but it was like i was kind of equipped from that job i think you know i was very like they're just people you know i never got you know mario lemieux does smell very good however i just wanted to say like <laughs> I booked his hockey camp where I was in charge of the entire thing. Like, so basically millionaires just pay $40,000 to pretend that they play hockey with Marlon yes. for a week. And then they go to the games and our hotel is attached to the arena. So I, like, I was, we were like washing their pads. Like they, it was like a whole. Yep. Yeah. And so and I they can say Mario they received a pass from Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux looks like a guy who would smell good. He looks like a guy who, he just, he's, He's pretty well put together, the hair and the, like, he's he looks amazing. like a guy he's that would smell He's an amazing good. human being yeah. in general. And I mean, I, he's amazing. His family's amazing, his wife's amazing. But like, just like he would check in and he was in the same room. And, you know, it just smelled like fresh laundry. <laughs> Mario Lemieux smelled like a spring day. You heard it here first, folks, on the oh, water podcast. Such a tall glass of water. It's delightful. <laughs> But it was yeah. very hard to hide him at said camps because he's very he's a big man. A lot of like, yeah, because he, he would be so you understand the hotel was attached to the arena, so they'd go to a few games. So this pre-gaming, people are in the bar, and I kind of stood out. It was problematic. Didn't you stand out in Mario Lemieux's suite at one point? Did I what? Didn't you weren't you standing out in Mario Lemieux's suite at one point? Didn't you have a really Oh no, his uh in the arena they have yes. a suite sixty six after his. That's what that's the suite that I meant. The arena suite, everybody, not, not the hotel room suite. Come I on, I did set it up with his favorite treats, but no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, well, it was so sweet. He said that my friends from the from the Penguins that kind of knew, um, just knowing me, the, the Smashing Pumpkins story. When the Smashing Pumpkins came to town, I got to get treated like you know, like I mattered about the Smashing Pumpkins, but they don't know. But it was so fun. There was like a butler. And then I knew them from like booking all the things there. So like, hey, Molly, I'm like, hey. Like it was like, so like I got to be like, you know, and there's dinner in there and everything. And oh, we got to see Blake Shelton in the same suite. I was taking oh, there you go. care of it, that job. Yes, yes. Well, that's all wonderful friends and hospitality, which is an amazing business. Similar to television, just hardworking, um, really hardworking, uh, creative and going on nothing energy. So one of the things that uh, the folks who um, who worked for the show for a long time enjoy about this intern series that we kind of fell into um, in the Letterman podcast here is they love to know what people ended up getting up to and what they did. Now, obviously, you've talked about the hotel industry and things like that. 
um, you were in the hotel industry for a long time and then you've moved into nonprofit. So uh, like, let's, let's, let's update folks who do watch this I mean, and, and want to know what, uh, what Molly sweets. Yeah. To. I mean, like it's, I mean, I'll be honest, full of regret a lot of it. Cause like that, honestly, this has been like shining a light on what did happen but basically like you know I went back to a senior year so yeah. oldest of four kids very responsible there's no way in hell I'm gonna get out of school and be like oh I'm gonna go backpacking I'm gonna go find myself it was like you're in a goddamn job and it was a recession yeah. and so my dad said listen I'm now a regional with interstate hotels or just hotel company just take this job in Worcester Mass as a catering manager nothing about catering you got and you got the vivacious uh you know which is I true mean, personality which you could then use for, yeah. yeah and you know i i think about it a lot because i i just lost my i just don't say quoi right like that mojo went away i i didn't follow up i i didn't think anyone would remember me i kind of shirked out and then just chased a boy classic story it did it did yield three beautiful children and mm -hmm. uh then you know was home with them for 10 years <laughs> this is not a fun story uh and then I had to go back to work and moved in with my parents with three yep and so uh god damn it my my what was once my assistant now is the director of sales at the Renaissance Hotel <laughs> and the internet has happened what a good time so uh yeah it was the time to pivot girl at the bottom of the barrel yeah. and God, I mean, I was promoted quickly throughout the ranks, ended up the director of sales of many hotels here in Pittsburgh, but um, never really wanted to be doing that. And then one day I said, well, I'm clearly not going to be in production or do what I want to do. So at least I should sell for the good guys. And so I decided I lost a job and I had decided to just switch to nonprofit. So I did a year with the Alzheimer's Association running 25 walks and Alzheimer's across Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, it was a very stressful job and I was burnt out. I was then a founding board member of the Community Liver Alliance. Um, my husband had liver disease and was the first person cured of hepatitis C here in Pittsburgh. And so then I felt you know, our lives wow. to to uh, the liver community, which nobody knows is Mecca here in Pittsburgh. Dr. Starzl did the first transplant here. And we have one of the only VA hospitals and children's hospitals, five full programs and the only uh, well, the largest, excuse me, not only largest live donor program. So um, people come all over the world. So liver was big. So um, we seceded from a national organization and started a local community nonprofit. And I was a director of development for that. But it, again, very small. Two of us didn't know what I was doing. Pandemic happened, lost my job. Um, and Komen, Susan G. Komen, the mecca of uh, women's health, found me. And they were consolidating and starting over. So I've been on the plane as it rebuilds for three years. And it's been great. Um, I run Western PA, um, all of the events that are public facing. Um, so the A lot of pink ribbons. Lots of pink. I'm about to ride the pink wave this October. <laughs> and um, in Pittsburgh, the greatest city. And I'm in the greatest region, the Northeast. So I have all the great cities. Um, that's how I got to see Steve, because we have a regional meeting in New York City. So I got to see him when he was teaching at NYU. So it's all great, but um, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm in a good good space in my job. I love my organization, but um, it's just been really fun, like uh, being able to use my creative muscles a little bit and remembering all these fun, like things I did that I just can't believe I had the balls to do. So it's kind of like, Well, hey. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Hey, I did that. Hey. Yeah. And you, you, you're aware that you still have the desires to do that. Like I said, before I turned the camera on, I'm like, you got to do stand up or something. Like you got it. Just, there's got to be something. I mean, I see you. Oh, start. <laughs> I see you in front of a camera. I also see you enjoying the things behind the scenes. Like, like it's fun <laughs> to just want to be a part of something. And and that's the whole reason that I kind of started the show. No outcome whatsoever, except for the itch that it scratches. And um, yeah, I know. don't know why I so enjoy I mean, it's like anything, you know, just at my brother's house in Philadelphia this weekend, surprised my dad for his 70th birthday. It was so wonderful. But my brother, you know, we call him, we call him stats because he, he, he's track guy and it's all about the track stats, you know, yep. my stats. And he is just, it's so genuine, man. He's just watching. He's watching this track meet. Like who watches track? Meet? He'll tell you. It's the people in New in, in, in Britain and they have the best commentators. And I'm listening to 
but he just wants me to be so excited about it. That is how probably everyone around me feels when I break down like the segments of a late night show or yeah. SNL or everyone's like, me yeah. Too. My one friend, Stephanie goes, I know you really love that shit, Molly. Like, I'm like, I do. <laughs> like I send her reels. Like, it's so funny. She's like, uh, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> you know, like, she's just like, like, I can't even, but like, it's, it's, it's niche. Isn't that how, what they say? Niche. niche. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it's, uh, but, but by you, the way, you don't know you, why you're so, I mean, I am obsessed with it. I mean, I, I like, it's a great, I mean, I think you do trump us all. However, my Mikey. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. You have a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're winning. I, but it's cool because it's making us all remember good stuff so it's all good okay. well there you go and if they the genre needs people like us right just to let you know like Does because it? the genre is changing oh, right you remember now. it all <laughs> <laughs> but i do the same thing like i'll i'll analyze the the show itself and the segments and things like that with people and it I, I have gotten the sideways looks and all of that kind of stuff too and part of the the joy of doing this show is connecting with folks well, I mean, that's also, why we talked for like almost a ridiculous amount of time the other night. And we're both like, oh, just move me two seconds. But we're total dorks about this stuff. And it's, right. it's just, it's what you're into, you know. Um, my sister has really specific taste in the music she loves. And she just knows every single player in that world. I mean, like, every, you know, that's just, that's just passion, you know. And I just, it's just so fun to be invited back to the table and even talk about it. It's fantastic. So you I'm have just, a standing so invite, my friend. And I'm so um, I'm so flattered to have been thought of. So thank you oh. so so much for that. Oh well, okay. And uh, I don't know if I, yeah, six, yeah, we're 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 a quarter past here. So oh, I wasn't. Um, I, I was not wrapping it up. I would not be so presumptuous. But I was just saying I wanted to thank you. No, yeah, but we're later. like again. Thanks to Steve. Like I'm so grateful that Steve, you know, uh, connected us and and I am and, too. Yeah, it's just now uh, I have a new Canadian friend. Absolute beauty. That's a beauty right there. Beauty. Absolutely. Beauty. Um, I uh okay. So as we are gonna kind of move towards the close here, um yeah. if there was anything that you like, I mean the question I like to ask is if there's anything that you learned while you were there that, okay. that kind of endured so itself. And and I mean, I think that uh so when you want is. when you want to pitch something, it means yeah. to try to sell it. Yeah and not send it back with a rejection letter. That was the first thing I fucked up, oh, messed up. Uh, big box, VHS tapes, I mean, big, big box. Said for Morty to pitch. I'm a Virgo, I like to clean, I like to be organized. I wrote a lovely, really, really kind rejection letter to everyone that now in hindsight was probably told like four times but they just after hiatus they were going to get it to morty like could you imagine like the disaster i like so and i can't imagine how like poor form it was so i sent a letter wrapped it up went down the packaging and so they all get back and we're in madeline's office and we're going around and i'm like oh, i did this and she's like freaking out because i cleaned her office okay and i mean i cleaned it she's like where's my this where's my that she's like kind of flipping out and Betsy's right there and she's kind of laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and then I took care of all of the tapes to be pitched. And she's like, wait, 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 where are they? What, what do you mean? And I said, right. and then Mary Connolly was there, <laughs> effing humiliating because she's so <laughs> cool. They're all there. All, all, the, all the cool women were there. And doubled over, I believe one of them said, can't do anything she's free <laughs> and i went oh and then i got it you know like way too late okay so then cut to 10 minutes later though <laughs> they were illegally smoking in her office sure and garbage can caught on fire and i saved the day and I ran in and they were like, you're okay, kid. And then Madeline probably shouldn't say this, but it's true. I found this also in the archives. It did not send it to you, but she dictated her recommendation letter to me. No kidding. Yeah. So I didn't make a good impression, but I didn't use it for anything either, <laughs> but she did sign it. Well, you, you you did throw out an entire box of videotape pitches, so you know. I mean, I was a free nineteen year old that had no instruction and was trying to help be helpful. You know, 
give a kid a break. Also, you know, I went to interview at uh, CNN in, in DC and didn't know who the Secretary of Defense was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the driver of my dad just screaming, Dick fucking Cheney! <laughs> sure. I was like, oh, God, right. Mm. We're going to put Molly on the entertainment side as opposed to the news division. We're going to keep her in, on the entertainment side. <laughs> Only two sips of the Molly Mule and look what happened. <laughs> I, uh, I adore you, Molly. This is, uh, this has been so much fun. Um, Mike, it, you're delightful. Honestly, it's been such a good time getting to know you in the past uh, couple of days. And I'm so flattered again to have been invited and I, I can't wait to watch the whole intern series. I might know a few. It's really fun. I, I'm certain that you, you will end up knowing a few. Ab absolutely. Um, thank you so much. And it's late where you are right now. So thank you for taking time. And I just, uh, well, I guess, uh you know what? I'll do the outro while you're here. Oh no, you look great. No, no, no. You don't need ice. You don't need ice. So, yeah, oh, are we going to do the, 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 the thing? Oh, oh yeah. Wait, uh, okay. This is what I do every day. And I walk the dog. Ready? Okay. Yours is a little lower than I would go. I'm just saying. But. For the audio listeners, I'm taking my man bun down and she's putting her woman bun in. Um, oh, we're going to match equal we, bunnage. Well, we were going to match. Now I'm down. See, now we're the other way. Oh, so. right. Opposite day. <laughs> Listener, if you have kids from SpongeBob years, that was the funniest episode, right? <laughs> there it no, is. Wait, you always go low, like low. Until yeah. you get the headache and then it comes out. I have a beard, so you know <laughs> to hide all my secrets. Um, so <laughs> um, this has been another episode of the Letterman podcast with Mike Chisholm. Uh, that is Molly Sweet. Coincidentally, I am Mike Chisholm. Thank you and good night. Overcoat and underpants. <laughs>